to Dear Hank and John. Or as I like to think of it, Dear Ashley and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers and sometimes two friends answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Ashley, my brother, uh, said he couldn't make the podcast because because he wasn't strong enough. <laughs> because he wasn't strong enough, Ashley. And so he had to send me his two-week notice. Because he's too weak. That's hilarious. That's my dad joke. That's that's the one I came up with. That's wild to me, but also that 100% just to me as an observer seems like something John would say <laughs> that he's not strong enough <laughs> to <weak>. appear today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, John is working very hard finishing up the Anthropocene Reviewed book, which is available wherever books are sold, and also signing about... I don't know how many he's got left. I think he's got like at least 50,000 sheets of paper left. So he's taken on a little bit too much responsibility. So we have freed him of the responsibility of Dear Hank and John by having Ashley come and join me. Hello. for On extremely short notice. Yes, it's true. Very short notice. But I'm here. You are. I got an email from John two hours ago saying, I can't do Dear Hank and John this week. And then I just started DMing anyone I saw who was active on Twitter. <laughs> so if you're on Twitter right now, you should be able to do a podcast. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, and because that's a rule I live by, when the request came in, I had no good reason to say no. <laughs> yeah. None whatsoever. I was like, well, I'm on Twitter. So. I could just I could just keep being on Twitter, which sounds worse than being on a podcast. Way worse. Yeah. Way worse. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, this is your second appearance on Dear Hank and John, but the first mm-hmm. one was with John. So this will be an entirely different experience. I think so. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Do you want to answer some questions from our listeners? I'd love to. Do you want to start out by telling everybody how wrong I was last episode about how smooth the earth is? I mean... <laughs> Let's be honest, Hank, when it comes to the roughness of the earth, do any of us have a clear idea? Well, somebody <laughs> told me, I don't I don't know who it was, and I believed it. Some science communicator told me that the earth was that roughly was smoother than a billiard ball, is what they said. And I was like, ooh, smoother than a billiard ball. That's a fact I'm not going to help forget. But then somebody <laughs> corrected that person and said, no, it's smooth more like sandpaper, not like a billiard ball, which... Is good is also quite smooth considering how bumpy I feel like the earth is. Yes, but I mean when I think about the difference between somebody uh touching me with a billiard ball and somebody touching me with sandpaper, <laughs> it does make me want to put a little bit more distance between me and the earth. I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to get roughed up planetary wise. <laughs> please don't please don't rub me with the earth. <laughs> rub me with a smoother planet, please and thank you. Yeah, that sounds like I mean, I don't know. What's the smoothest planet? That's a great question. <laughs> I really want to know that. I imagine that the gas giants are all pretty smooth because they're like gas. Right. But like what's is that even smooth? It's more like I heard that I heard that uh, that Saturn would float is a thing. That's pretty smooth. Which has nothing to do with smoothness. I don't know, but, but it feels smooth in my heart. Oh uh, yeah. There's lots of rough stuff that floats, Ashley. I think true. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I don't know. I feel like when I look at when I look at a gas giant, I do feel a little bit like I sh- I kind of want to <clears throat> I'm about to say it, vape it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I kind of want a vape a gas giant. I've never vaped anything before, but if I vape oh something, I want to vape Jupiter. And I'm sure that it would be terrible, much worse than regular vape, which is bad for you, but not as bad as vaping Jupiter, which is made of all kinds of bad stuff. Well, just like regular vaping, you never know until you try. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to try. We know. We know. Yeah. Yeah. We know it's bad. We know it's bad for you. And there's all, it's just, I mean, you never know until you try is true of all kinds of definitely fatal things. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. I think about that quite often. So that's not actually a good reason to do something. Okay. Do you want to, uh, I'm going to ask you another question about Earth. Okay. It's from Bailey, who asks, Dear Hank and Ashley, if the planet Earth is mostly water and not Earth, which is the part of the Earth that we named the Earth after, why did we not call the planet water? Your friendly building and loan, Bailey. Was What is... What? I have no idea. <laughs> I love your fans. It's from It's a Wonderful Life. It's a, it's, an, it's a Wonderful Life reference, Ashley. Oh, that's the Christmas movie that for some reason I've never seen. <laughs> well, then at least you have an excuse for not It's like the only one. It's fine. It is. I don't know. I'm more of a diva's Christmas Carol kind of person. Um, wow, that is not one I've seen. <laughs> get ready, because uh, <laughs> you're gonna now. Uh, Let me think. Why isn't the planet's name water? I, I guess because that would be too much. Like, right? We don't really like to do things the right way. I like that thought. That like we looked at at the question and we were like, I'd like to answer this a little bit wrong. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to go all the way right because we're humans. And mm-hmm. and perfection, that'd just be like an affront to God. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't it? If we are made <laughs> in the image? Yeah. Yes, I, I think so. I think the flaws are necessary. Uh, thereby, if we had named Earth water, which would have been too perfect, uh-huh. it would have been rejected by humanity. Maybe it was water. And then, so, yeah, some some smart person somewhere was like, you know. Welcome to water. And then a bunch of other people were just like threw rocks at him or acorns. Like not nothing, nothing too mean. Just like something, something like annoying. And they were like, shut yeah. up, Jeff. <laughs> just call it Earth. And he was like, fine. <laughs> For the good I, of us all. <laughs> I'm t- it doesn't matter that much. I feel like actually. a lot of things kind of come down to that. Like all, all sort of like group decisions come down to like, ah, oh, fine. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah. I guess. Quite often. Let's not do it. Let's not do it perfect. Let's just call it Earth. Uh, here, here's here's my feeling. Uh, we're on the Earth part, and we are human biased. Mm. And I walk outside, I don't see a bunch of water. I see a bunch of dirt. Fair. And that's Earth. That's fair. But uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want things to be named after just what I can look outside my window and see. No, it's it's not a it's not a good system. It's not a great system. Oh, no, man. But but it's what we do. We're like, well, also, we didn't name the earth after the dirt. We named the dirt after the earth. Oh. So what water should be called earth. Okay. And okay. earth should have a different name because because if we're looking at... <laughs> did that make any sense to yes, you? Yes, it made sense okay. to me. Because basically what you're saying is... Because we named Earth first. We named the planet first. We should have called water. We named the planet first. Right. We should have called water Earth. We should have been like, yeah, that's Earth. 
That's Earth stuff. Yes. This was me gesturing silently. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't giving me very, like, the encouragement. I felt it through the screen. It was very, very much like, yes, Allegre. <laughs> I was like, fantastic. Uh, yeah. I'm on a roll. I got it. Yeah, I got to hit you with that Dear Hank and John energy. You got to bring it way up. My wife and I record a podcast sometimes. Uh, very occasionally these days and and uh and recently she guest hosted dear hank and john and she was like wow the dear hank and john energy is different it's different (laughs) you know what's interesting what's one of the more interesting things to me about you and john and uh the interactions that we have from time to time Mm mm-hmm is that you guys never seem to know how much I know about you and how much I actually pay attention to your stuff online. Well, and so, we, yeah, and I mean, so, the, the, the safe choice is to assume nothing. Of course. Because as soon as you assume some, you're going to make a fool out of yourself. Of course. Basically, no, I just think it's really, it's always fun. It's, you know, I follow the content, man. Like, I was, uh, I was a fan before, like, I had ever met you guys. And so every <laughs> once in a while, you guys will be like, oh, yeah, like, I have this thing that I do sometimes. And I'm like, I'm aware. I get the newsletter. <laughs> I literally get the newsletter, man. Like, I, has, I know. Yeah, but you don't have time to keep up with it anymore because you're like. That's an interesting perception that people have when you um, have some visibility and success is that mm-hmm. you're a very busy person. Um, and I am not. <laughs> I'm oh, not. Man. By choice, I'm not a very busy person. You are um, not very busy by choice. Yeah, by choice. I am. What are the choices you make to be less busy? This is a Hank Green question <laughs> that I desperately okay. need to know the answer to. That's okay. Um, I mean, I don't know that it'll always be this way. Now, you know, like I have a a book coming out Uh in June. Sure. And that's a whole thing that'll happen. But um, I'm pretty introverted. I'm very much a homebody. And I also, I guess, I don't seek out work. (laughs) Okay. I I don't seek it out. And... I have found that so much of um, what I've been raised to do and and con- conditioned to do um, to a certain extent is to seek out work uh-huh. um, and more ways to work. And I've just been challenging that a little bit. And that obviously comes with like the privilege of being able to do that. Sure. Of being financially stable enough and having enough work that I'm able to say, oh, that is enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually need to do more. And I'm, I'm, I'm good with that right now. I don't like to be overwhelmed anymore. So I just try to keep that away from me. Ah, yeah. I, I think ultimately the problem is that I kind of do like to be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be who I am, where I am. And there is, you're not going to be able to fix me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. And I was trying to let myself, I was trying to become a person who was okay with being overwhelmed and a person who could thrive in that space. And I found that I could thrive in that space um, if that space was the only thing that I allowed to be important to me. That's just me. Mm. But the minute I started having other things be important to me, like, you know, a spouse mm-hmm. or a dog who won't stop chewing his paws. Astro, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, 
I don't actually have to mm-hmm. be in front of a screen all the time. And that felt good to me. Well, good. I'm I'm happy for you. Yeah, but you're in it. Yeah, <laughs> but, 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 yeah but I'm I'm me. And yes. I guess I'll continue to be that. Good. I There are a few questions that we got, more than one question in this batch, mm-hmm. about honesty. And I think that that's interesting. So let's, let's, do, let's do one from Anonymous, who asks, Dear Hank and Ashley, mm-hmm. how do I tell my mom her breath smells really bad? Ooh. Just in case she's listening, I'm Anonymous. P.S. I'm 26 years old. I'm not some cute little kid that can get away with being blunt. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time with this with just friends <laughs> when it's like, oh, yeah. and even when there's like a reason I need to tell them, like we're about to go into an important business meeting. I'm like, well, I guess this is going to be how it is. <gasps> hey, <I'm> just- no, <laughs> no, you can't just leave them to the wolves. All right. There it is. You can't just leave them to the wolves. But what do I do, Ashley? Okay. So yeah, there are so many ways to deal with this, right? Oh, so there's there's the gift giving way, right? Mm. Which is that you just are like, hey, picked up some gum for me. It was two for one. I got a pack for you too. Here's your gum. And then they have. And then they're like, I don't like gum. And then they're like, they don't like gum. And so you're like, okay, we tried that way. Didn't work out. (laughs) Got to move on to Plan B. (laughs) And Plan B is always, I think, quick compassion mm-hmm. correction okay so it's okay. very quick compassionate correction which is to be like oh my god I, every time i'm about to go into a meeting every time i'm about to do something like that i i know that something is up with my breath it's because i drink coffee it's because i'm mm-hmm. always eating garlic blah 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 so i always keep this with me i think you should keep one too mm-hmm. just to make sure that before we go into these places, you're feeling good, you're feeling fresh, and your confidence is on 10. Mm-hmm. And then they're mm. like, oh, okay, great. That's like a thing that we do together now before we go into meetings. Now that's like, I'm thinking more of like a Hank thing with meetings. Right. But with your mom, I think a lot of times it's just like, you just have to be like, hey mom, I've noticed this a couple times. Have you been to the dentist lately? I'm wondering if maybe right. you have something going on with a tooth. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if maybe there's something going on with your stomach. If you express concern sure. with your mom, uh-huh. it takes it takes it always takes the sting out of critique. Yeah, because like my 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 instinct is to do the worst thing, which is like tell them but have it not come from me somehow. Like just leave an anonymous <laughs> letter. It's like cut out no! ransom note style, which is the worst, right? Because like all that's doing is sparing me. It's not sparing them. Like not they're like, who did this? <laughs> How many people know? Like it could be anyone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's really the Don't thing to, do to not do. Don't absolutely. Just a, just a blackout poem where you like, where you get like a page from a book and it's like, you just white out all the lines except for breath that's terrible (laughs) don't do that to people okay my grandmother was a person who had no sense of tact Mm -hmm. like she just didn't have a concept of it but she (laughs) (laughs) so if you smelled in any way which you know when kids go through puberty especially it's like things are changing you don't know what's going on you're trying to help but you don't know what to do and you're scared to ask and all this stuff and my grandma had no compassion (laughs) For that situation, she would pull you over and go, what's going on with you? Why do you smell like this? You would walk past and she would go, somebody smells like a goat. Nice. Somebody smells like a goat. Or like you would come and say something to her, like, hi, grandma. And she would smell your breath and she would go, and cover her nose like that. 
Like it was terrible. And she did it. It was like the worst noise in the world. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where she got it from. Yeah, I know exactly what that sound means. You know exactly what it means. But what, do Uh, we have a word for that sound? No, no. Like I, like I, 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 I've definitely experienced it, but I'd never like put it in a category before. I've never like, yeah, there, there are so many things that we understand only on a subconscious level. Right? But like, yeah. But it's, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, it's good. To, like, there's something about, I think, being a grandparent where it, you get to a certain age. It's like the, the naked guys at the gym and the, and the locker. Like, they're just beyond it. It's, it's over. We've gotten past all of this. You know, they're like picking their nose, like Ugh. like that college professor that just will like straight up, don't care, get the finger all the way inside and like pull out a visible booger during a lecture, mm-hmm. and it's just like, where, at what point do I stop caring about anything? And like, <laughs> and not only do they pull it out, but it's like they they examine it. Yeah, I'm like, Whoa. it's like they look at it, like they take real account. Well, and I do in private. Yeah, but like in front of people. <laughs> If I accidentally, which is the only way it would happen, pulled something out of my nose in front of people, I'm immediately like, how do I get this? Panic. Panic. Like, put it back. Put it back. Put it back. Just put it back. Right. <laughs> and they pull it out and they're like, oh, that's greener than usual. And it's like, bro. <laughs> it's like, oh, this interesting, interesting variety of consistencies in uh, this one. Uh, the viscosity uh, has changed. Write that down in my logbook. <laughs> I love I, the idea that somebody's keeping a booger diary. <laughs> somebody is. Um, you know somebody, somebody is. is. It's a big world. There's billions of people. Somebody's got a booger diary. <sighs> write, write to us. Let us know about your booger diary. <laughs> I want to know. Why do I want to know? That's the oh real problem is that I'm sitting here like, yeah, I'm actually curious about that. Please, please follow up. <laughs> please follow up. <laughs> okay. I got another question. I'm ready. It's from Anonymous, another Anonymous, because this is a healthcare-related question. Dear Ashley and Hank, or Hank and Ashley, I emailed my doctor to ask a question the day after my appointment and said, I hope it's okay that I emailed you. And I asked my question and said, sorry to bother you. They responded. They answered my question, but they did not say that it was fine for me to ask, which is a thing that Anonymous asked. Anonymous asked, is this okay? And the doctor did not write back, yes, this is fine. They just answered the question. Was it fine? I was more worried about bothering them than getting the answer I needed. Sign off me. Oh, it was probably absolutely fine. Yeah, like, it's got to be fine. I'm saying like the fact that they answered and didn't address the fineness yeah. means it's fine. They're busy. They're just busy. They got a lot to do. Yeah. They're just busy. I also know that sometimes if somebody um, reaches out to me and is very like apologetic for asking the question... Sometimes, like, the reason why I don't necessarily address the apology is because I just don't feel like there was anything to apologize for. Or I feel like it should be their assumption that they can reach out to me um, in that capacity and ask a question. And so I don't want to validate the Mm. idea that you've done something wrong here by reaching out. Yeah, and the other thing is you have your doctor's email address for a reason. Right. They didn't, like, give you an email address and say, never use this. Right. It's not their personal email address. It's, it's professional. It's, it's yeah. for a reason. Which I, I don't have my doctor's email address, and I desperately would like it. <laughs> I like the 
at you like, wait a minute. Yeah. First of all, what are the rules? Is this <laughs> a thing? I need this. Yeah. I'm just now having a doctor, like a regular doctor. Yeah, I only got one like five years ago. Isn't it like... It's a it's a new world to have a regular doctor and to be like, oh, if something's wrong, like I call my doctor, like the mm-hmm. person who is like, oh, not my. just like the walk in clinic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's wild. It's yeah. wild and beautiful. Yeah. And they like know you. And yes. I like see Dr. Bixby around town, like at places. And I'm like, hey, Dr. Bixby, how's it going? Right. And, and then- she's and she's friendly about it, which I kind of feel like maybe I wouldn't be like, maybe I'd be like, <laughs> I'm having dinner with my family right now. I don't need to talk to another person whose toes I know about. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I feel like if I've shown you my toes, maybe you should greet me. OK, when I see <laughs> you, right. like maybe there's a mutual yeah. respect thing there now. Yeah, you you know me better than most of my friends, <laughs> right. or like at least certain parts of me. Right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But uh, Dr. Bixby, if you're listening, what's your email address? <laughs> she's she's just the loveliest person. All right. Uh, this is a COVID question that I want your insight on it. It's from okay. Nana, who asks, dear Ashley and Hank, now that COVID has taken up one whole year of our mm. lives, I can't stop thinking about how it will be portrayed in movies and books. Will mm. fictional characters acknowledge the year that they spent at home hoping not <laughs> to get sick? Or will that be too much of a turnoff for escapist fictional readers? You can hum my name, Nana. Not really. Can you? I don't know. Maybe that's just how she pronounces it. Or they pronounce it. Like, maybe it's very... I have been thinking about this because, of course, I write fiction. And in my book, my books... I was like, eh, I can't, I can't. And, mm-hmm. it, and it was done before the pandemic. It was mostly done before the pandemic really hit. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's there's been a, like some people have wanted to write pandemic fiction, mm-hmm. like things that are like specifically about this time. But I think if it's not, like there's a problem in fiction where if it's not like about a thing, you kind of have to like sideline that thing and yeah. have it like be unimportant. And it's hard to have this be unimportant. Yeah. To a story. <laughs> yes, absolutely. How do you slip into a story like and then there the then there's the lost year. It's like everybody's immediately like what happened during the lost year? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, actually I kind of like that. I kind of like I kind of like that that the lost year is just sort of like <laughs> mentioned but everybody because I love stories where the so the both the only fiction I've ever written, the protagonist mm-hmm. is assuming that everybody who's reading the book knows the whole story. Oh yeah, and I love that that trope, and so I love the idea that the the protagonist would be like, and then there was the last year, you know, and then so a year after that, and like you know, the, everybody knows. Like, everybody not, it's not like does. anybody. Like I don't have to explain COVID to you, right? Everybody gets it, right? And that's how you would treat it if you were in a, a, a world where there was a lost year. That's true, but also in fiction, everybody wants to know pretty quickly. Well, I think everybody at least wants the author to know how have you changed the real world in this story? Mm -hmm. What are the rules of this story? Yeah. So is it a story where everybody just knows like, because if that's the, if that's in the foundation of it, if that's, you know, where you're coming from, that absolutely can work. But is it a thing where everybody's just avoiding it? 
I don't know, maybe that can work too. Like that's the weird thing about fiction, right? is that I feel like so often whenever somebody talks about what can or can't work, it's like, yeah, you can't make that work. You don't know anybody <laughs> yeah, yeah. who can make that work. Uh-huh. You've never heard of anybody making that work. Does that actually make it impossible? Yeah. I'm inclined to say no. I'm interested, but I'm also a person like you can't really, sometimes I feel like you can't go by me because my taste is so like, I don't know, can you do that? Because if you can, right. I'd like to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like the when when someone says that something is either shouldn't be done or can't be done, what that really means is it's very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out what other rules you're going to have to bend to break that one. Mm-hmm. So like if you're going to not bend any rules and you're going to do something normal, you probably can't. Like that that's what they mean when they say that you can't. Yeah. But maybe you can do something weird and think about it weird. And this entire this is good. like I love the idea of having a book where the the whole trope is is like life is pretty normal, but everybody recognizes the lost year. And mm-hmm. then like the the sort of trick that the reader has to go through is figuring out what the lost year is. And that is especially interesting to me if it turns out that the people in the book themselves don't really know what the lost year was. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's like that's great pandemic fiction right there. I'd love to read that book. I agree because it's like that is that would be what's most reflective of the time we're in. Right. We don't know what the pandemic means yet. Yeah. We don't know what it's gonna mean to us no. and like how it will change us. And the things that we think are the biggest deals, this is what I've gotten from from reading any number of like history books, which mm-hmm. I haven't read many of, but this is the biggest takeaway from reading books about history. The things that we think are big deals in the moment usually aren't the big deals that we will actually take from the thing. Oh, yeah. Never. Yeah. They never are. In my opinion, I think that those things almost get like over talked about right you know or like or yeah. over analyzed as soon as everybody's talking about it then then that's how you know like that's probably going to get taken care of yeah we're probably going to fix that thing yeah and it won't be the big deal so what are we not talking about yeah i agree so it's going to be so interesting because i feel like one of the things that's going to be happening over um the next several years is that there are going to be perspectives of the pandemic that most of us have not considered or that we have not seen Mm -hmm. discussed or analyzed in any sort of meaningful way in the public space. And as those things come up, people are going to act like, you know, it's an impossibility, you know? And it's like, it's not an impossibility just because you didn't personally see it happen to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Here's a question that's sort of a me question, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, Excited to share this information. This is Hannah asks, Dear Hank and Ashley, I recently watched a TikTok in which a pregnant woman showed an ultrasound of her baby, supposedly yawning in the womb. Considering the baby is surrounded by amniotic fluid, I guess I just don't know how this works. They can't inhale water, can they? Babies hiccup in the womb, too, and I've always thought that that was strange. Can you guys explain how these things are possible? Womb wonders, Hannah. I love that baby. Did you know that babies hiccup? I did know that they hiccup. It's super I cute. I did not know you like, that they like You're like, oh my God, my baby has the hiccups and it's inside of me. It's very weird. That is... I mean, I don't know. It hasn't actually happened to me, but like just knowing that that happens to people is very weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of my friends are mothers and yeah. watching their uh, experience with pregnancy, their experiences uh-huh. is always... Every single one is shocking to me. 
gotta tell you every time they tell me something else that i'm like they did what yeah man who did huh Uh uh-huh oh yeah interesting i'm gonna put that in the archive right well and i mean the entire the it's a lot it is it is very it is the thing that is the most natural right in that like it is impossible to be here without growing inside of a person yeah like and so that's amazing. Yes. And like, it's how all life happens, you know, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like there's nothing that is this natural and this unbelievably weird. So weird. It's just like, I, you can accidentally make a human being. Yeah. That is not, that doesn't seem right. And then you hear about like people who have babies who like didn't even know they were pregnant yeah. and then like they have a baby. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so you telling me your body was making bones? You just were, weren't aware? You just were like, <laughs> yeah, like your body could be making bones and stuff. It could be making somebody's whole yeah. circulatory system and you are chilling. <laughs> yeah. I So I made a TikTok about this and someone replied, you can't accidentally make a pizza. Dang. Okay. <laughs> Now I'm really messed up because yeah, you right. can't. <laughs> you can't accidentally make a pizza. <laughs> you can accidentally make a human you person. Well, yeah, you can accidentally you can accidentally make like a football player. <laughs> oh my you know? god! Or like a a really skilled professional. And there's just this person <laughs> here. Okay, mm-hmm. wait. Okay, hey. Yeah. But how? Because now I gotta know how is the yeah. how is the baby yawning? So yeah, it turns out babies do yawn. Probably there was a lot of uh, debate about this at first. People, there was some some contention. But our ultrasounds have gotten detailed enough that we can we can watch as babies yawn. It's now becoming difficult for me not to yawn because I've said the word yawn so much. I so know. shout out to everybody out there who's yawning right now. So they have figured out that babies yawned. And babies do have amniotic fluid in their lungs. So they're just like full on submersed in this stuff. But that's not really what's happening. They're just sort of like making the face of yawning. They're stretching their jaws. And, and they, but babies don't breathe in and out amniotic fluid. It's more like they swallow it into their lungs and it just sort of like hangs out there. But otherwise, like the, all the alveoli would be sticking together. So they have to develop with something in there so that the cells can develop correctly, I think. Ashley's face, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! And so, but then the babies are just more, more or less making a yawning face because we we don't understand yawns. We don't understand really what they do after all this time. We have lots of theories, but we don't really get it. And uh, and so like it's just a, it is a reflex action, and just like any reflex action, it's something that can be done throughout our like like i don't know like when the first yawn is but apparently the first yawn tends to be in the womb which which makes sense to me because like he was yawning immediately once he was born like it was one of the first things i was like oh my god that's a thing a human does what is amniotic fluid what is it composed of i or guess like, i what just always it? thought it was like i'll be honest in my mind i'm like oh is it just like saline <laughs> like is it yeah. just like Oh my god! Uh, let me look at look up the composition because, like, I've always imagined it as as basically like the stuff in an IV drip plus yeah other things, right? Mainly water and electrolytes, but also contains proteins, carbohydrates, lipids, phospholipids, and urea because the baby right pees in there. Uh, the baby can also poop in there, which also is true, which is bad. Not, yeah, you it's, don't. Want it's that. not great because it means that they have have like their stuff in there. 
lungs. Right. Makes it harder to breathe. Wow. So just all that stuff. So yeah, before you were born, you breathed in pee. That checks out. I don't know why. That just feels. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all it's all very it's all very human and dirty. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I'm fascinated by like I've always been fascinated by what happens during pregnancy. Like always. And I feel like I read so much about it. I talked to my mm-hmm. friends about their pregnancies all the time. My best friend was pregnant when we were very young and I remember her daughter who is now oh my god aubrey just turned 16. i remember me putting my hand on her belly and her daughter dragging her foot across the bottom of my hand Mm -hmm. and that was when i realized i didn't know what the hell was going on in there like i think that was the moment when i was like i should read a book about what's happening here because i don't effing know and now now I'm just like, I feel like, I feel like pregnancy is the weirdest thing in the world because I feel like nobody knows what happens. I feel like they know things that happen, but I feel like when you really start pressing people with questions about pregnancy, eventually it just becomes like, we don't know. Oh that yeah. That just happens. It is, yeah. I mean, it is a, it, is, it remains a really big mystery of science. Like the the, the development of a fetus remains very you know, there are things we know now that we didn't know 10 years ago, and there are things we know now that we didn't know a year ago. But, like, the things that we don't know still by far outweigh the things that we do. We, we, we don't know how a fetus, how, like, a bunch of cells come together to cooperate. Right. At all, really. Like, even in my body right now, the fact that, like, I have a bunch of cells and they're all like, you know what? We should work together to take care of this entity that isn't even us. Yes. You know? Like, they're working their butts off to take care of me. And we don't think about them at all. And they're not me. Right. Why do they they care about me? But they do. They've they've evolved to care about me. And anytime any one of them decides, I'm going to try and actually take care of myself, my body murders it. That's true. Wow. And... And, and like, or it kills itself. It's like, actually, I've been, I've been taking, I've been thinking about myself too much. I need to die. <gasps> and they, and they just like pop themselves. Is the body a cult? The body is the biggest cult. Any, um, any straying from the, the, like what you have been, ass- like the task you have been assigned to is immediate death wow. for a cell in the body. Wow. Um, And and if it's not, then it's extremely bad news for the body because they, that's what cancer is. This is like a nightmare version of the movie Ants. (laughs) Yeah. You, hello, listener, you are a nightmare (laughs) version of the movie Ants. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just like, you're rooting for like the guy, like, yeah, be an individual, step out of line. But like inside you, if one of your cells stepped out of line, you would- And it's like- I should I should grow on my own. I should make a bunch of copies of me. That's what evolution drives us to do. Murder. Immediate murder. <laughs> Immediate murder. Oh my gosh. Every time I this is one of the problems that I have with um talking about things like the body in space, uh, is that eventually my brain just is like, yeah. Yeah, you should shut this down. Like you like stop thinking about this too hard. You're going to find out the secrets. And I'm like, but I want to know the secrets. And I'm I guess if I find out the secret, oh my gosh, this is 
Okay, let's come back to something else because now I've gone off too far, Hank. I've gone away. <laughs> I've gone away. I literally started looking at a painting above my desk like, what do you mean? And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. Yeah, which reminds me, Ashley, that this podcast is brought to you by uh, just the terrifyingness of the babies <laughs> inside of you, I guess. Not to mention amniotic fluid. <laughs> The white claw of birthing canals. No! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and this podcast is also brought to you by Booger Diaries. It's where you write down all your boogers. And also, it's brought to you by the planet water. Those are my sponsors. My sponsor is uh, Vape Uranus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're all vaping Earth right now. But what if you could vape your anus? God, well, that's literally the best sponsor we've ever had. <laughs> this episode of Dear Hang Jones brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week, and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house, and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep, it's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's. Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt. I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. Ashley, thank you so much for making a podcast with me today. It was such a pleasure. I heard that you have just finished a book. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, Yes, I have a book coming out June 1st called Somebody's Daughter. It's from Flatiron Books, and it's uh, an Oprah book um, on her imprint. It's an Oprah book. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a memoir. It's about growing up as a little girl in Indiana. Um, hard times, good times, and getting to know myself, getting to know the world. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's like my elevator pitch for now. This is the first time I've had to give it though. So I'll work on it and make it better. Okay. And it's coming out in June? June 1st. Yes. June 1st. Congratulations. I'm so excited. Thank you, Hank. Can I get a pre-release? Yes. When do you start sending those out? It's already on the way to you, Hank. It's Oh, you did. You asked me for my address. I did. I did. It's already <laughs> on the way. So you'll be able to read it soon. I will tell you that by the time you've read it, um, other members of your family may have already read it. 
uh, that's I think we don't I don't we don't tend to compete on who gets to read the the galleys first in my family. Hank, I don't know your life. I don't know your dynamic. I'm just letting you know, just in case. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Ashley. This was a ton of fun. Sorry there's no news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. I checked the League One table. AFC Wimbledon is no longer in last place. They are now in second to last place. So that's Woo-hoo! something, I guess. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Our editorial assistant is Dabuki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to, to be awesome. awesome.